Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, stagnancy, ignorance. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Matthew 5.45 and 48 That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The sermon is called, Called to Perfection. This promising commandment to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect, written in the Gospel of Matthew and presented to us in the series of the sermons of, of Apostle Arkady, is the inheritance of the saints of all times and generations, and the commandment is addressed by Christ strictly to his students. And so we will continue to study the primary sign by which we need to judge that we partake to the perfection of God. And this is our ability to clothe our essence into the holy or the selective love of God. As it is written, Colossians 3, 14, 15, But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. According to the given place of Scripture, the rule of the peace of God within our hearts is only possible upon one condition, and that is if the selective love of God will abide within our heart, and we will be clothed into the selective love of God. And unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the selective love of God differs in the fact that it contains the burning zeal of God, His omniscience, and His absolute wisdom that in no way can be used for corrupt, greedy, and egotistical goals of man. Due to this, it is specifically the power of the selective love of God that is called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body and erect the resurrection of Christ in its place within our body and clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ in the form of our new man. We know that the selective love of God can abide and demonstrate itself exclusively within the atmosphere of brotherly love, where we pass from the state of eternal death 
into the state of eternal life. 1 John 3.14-18 We know that we have passed from death to life. Why do we know this? Because we love the brethren. We love the saints. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. When a person is born from God, he is offered a choice, either to enter the state of death and become dead to God and useless for every good work, or enter the state of eternal life, which he was not familiar with until this moment, and become useful for every good work and a demonstrator of brotherly love. Therefore, we will need to answer four classical questions, speaking of brotherly love. First, by what signs do we determine the person or people included in the category of our brothers for whom we are called to lay down our life so that we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith? We spoke about this. Second, what purpose, and this is the one we will study today, what purpose is the selective love of God called to fulfill in our brotherly love for one another? Third, what conditions And do we need to fulfill so that we can demonstrate the selective love of God in our faith, in brotherly love? And fourth, by what signs do we examine ourselves that we have brotherly love for one another within the selective love of God? And so second question, which we will study today. What purpose is the selective love of God called to fulfill within our brotherly love for one another. And so we are studying this selective love of God in the format of brotherly love, because without brotherly love, you can't speak of God's love agape. And this was pastor's uh, desire as he communicates with pastors of other services from other regions, from other countries, and he needs us to repeat this theme and thought of brotherly love. And this is what we're doing since our apostle wants us to go through this theme of brotherly love because he sees there's a need uh, for this, not just in churches, uh, not just in churches or our church and our uh, branches as well. Let us look at specific signs, purposes, which are called, which the selective love of God is called to fulfill in brotherly love. Let's look at the first. First, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love creates the order and atmosphere of eternal life, identified as the light of life coming from the truth of the word of God, where the blood of Jesus Christ receives the legitimate ability to cleanse us from all sin. And so what purpose does brotherly love have? It directly relates to the blood of Christ, the inheritance contained in this blood. Without 
brotherly love, we will not have access to the blood of Christ and to have access uh, to it, to this inheritance, we need light. We need the light of the word of God, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, we have brotherly love, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And now the question, what then is light? Where we can have this true brotherly love and the light where the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from all sin. Is it not enough that I just come out and repent on a Sunday? That is good. But if we don't have brotherly love, then our repentance is discredited by God. The light of truth in which we are called to walk so that we can have fellowship with one another, where the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, can receive the legitimate ability to cleanse us of all our sin, is the light from the knowledge of the cross of Christ, which is founded upon the elementary teaching of Christ. The light in which we walk and fellowship we have with one another, this is the truth about the cross. We've more than once noted that it is specifically the truth consisting in the cross of Christ, this is the key opening the door to, a, to, to the treasury of the blood of Christ for us. The truth that is contained in the cross of Christ, it opens access, opens the doors to the treasury of the blood of Christ. This is as the twelve pearly gates, the pearl, this is the teaching of the death, of the death, and the twelve pearly gates give us access to the tree of life that bears fruit, produces fruit twelve times and producing it uh, in each of its months. And so how do you receive access to this blessing? Because all of these fruits that the tree of life has are all the blessings that God has put into the blood of Jesus Christ, the inheritance contained in this blood of Christ. And to have access to that, you need the cross and the twelve pearly gates represent the twelve methods by which we are able to take this life and blessing contained in the blood. But what's interesting, to have the twelve pearly gates in ourselves, we need to have twelve foundations. A person who does not have these twelve foundations of the elementary teaching of Christ, he does not know how to enter into these pearly gates. And if he's not able to enter because he does not have these twelve foundations, how can he then use the fruits of the tree of life that are being produced uh, each month. And so the 12 pearly gates are important, but this is when we have the light of the truth first. Without knowledge about the truth about the cross of Christ, we will not have any opportunity to walk in the light of the truth in which God himself walks, which he has magnified in the temple of our body above all of his names and has made himself a servant of his truth. Without knowledge about the truth of the cross of Christ, we will not have any opportunity to have fellowship with one another so that we can demonstrate brotherly love in our faith which is the atmosphere where the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And so how important it is to walk in the light or as we've noted here this light are the twelve pearly gates which stand upon the twelve foundations and so to examine us as to whether we have the inheritance that is contained in the blood of Christ is possible by the presence or existence of the pearly gates and 
they, of course, all of this begins with first uh, the 12 foundations, which need to be there. Second, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love protects the good name of God in the possessions of your brother or your neighbor. In other words, God has placed his good name in my neighbor. And brotherly love is called to protect God, God himself, Yahweh, in my neighbor, in my infringement upon him. This is what the selective love of God, uh, so preventing this infringement, because love is not just between me and God, but it's also between me and others. My, uh, my other brothers and so this is a sober love that does not allow us to and protects not us but from us God from us in our neighbors let's see how we can or are able to infringe upon our neighbor sometimes if you come up to a saint or if you come up to a saint and you and you slap him in the face, that means you slap Jesus Christ because the Lord has concealed himself in our neighbors and we need to know this. And the holy love, agape, brotherly love, allows us not to do this and teaches us. Exodus 20, 16, 17. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, nor his donkey, nor anything that is your neighbor's. There are many elements here we see where the Lord has concealed himself. And so it begins with bearing false witness about your neighbor bearing false witness or supporting and spreading foul rumors about your brother who belongs to God we receive and spread false witness about God himself and so our brother or our sister is God's belonging and we spreading this information about any information about them we in this way spread uh, uh, information about Yahweh himself rumors what is the house of our neighbor, what is his wife, what is his servant, what is his ox, what is his donkey, all of these are uh, examples for us. Metaphorically, our neighbor's house within the fourth realm are the double-layered garment keeping our neighbor safe from the cold of sin. To infringe upon the righteousness of our neighbor is due to not uprooting jealousy from our heart and therefore we not uprooting this jealousy from our heart, we ascribe our neighbor, uh, our neighbor's righteousness to ourselves and our sins we ascribe to our neighbor, to our brother. <clears throat> and so those who, <clears throat> those who are in the f- uh, false teaching or are false brides, they begin to infringe upon their, uh, the house of their neighbor. <clears throat> And so they first begin to ascribe their blemishes, their sins upon that person because they're jealous of them, and then ascribe his righteous acts, his goodness to themselves. And we, in this way, offend the Lord. Metaphorically, the wife of our neighbor within the fourth realm is his soul in the form of his mind that is renewed by the spirit of his mind. 
that is placed in dependence of the mind of Christ, which is the reasonable part of his new person. To infringe upon the mind of our neighbor that is renewed by the spirit of his mind is being in the likeness of Saul, not acknowledging over yourself the authority of the word of Samuel by perverting them, interpreting their true essence with your own personal intellect. Let us see how this happened upon practice. 1 Samuel 15, 16 through 24. Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet, and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And so when we were born again, we always all saw, saw ourselves as little and saw other saints above us. You were not, were you not made the head of the tribe of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission. Samuel said, why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? But he says, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and brought back Agog, king of the Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, and best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, uh, we see here that how Saul infringed upon the wife of the neighbor when he said, Samuel said you did not obey, but Saul said he uh, he said he did obey. He had his own perception of what is obedience to God. And so we, when we do this, we infringe upon the wife of our, our neighbor when we begin to uh, force what we think is right upon another person and begin to pervert the truth in this way. We need to be very careful here and always withhold ourselves and keep ourselves within the boundaries of the word we hear and not infringe upon our soul, our renewed mind. If we did not correctly understand, uh, this is different. You don't need to ever tell a person you didn't understand it correctly. This you're already also infringing upon your neighbor when you tell another person you didn't understand it correctly, we need to understand where that there is a church where the Lord teaches, and maybe it's not time for this person yet to understand that truth correctly, but time will come. And it is not for you to tell him that it is wrong. There's a Sabbath where the Lord reveals his truth and where we all learn. And so, metaphorically, what is the servant of our neighbor within the fourth realm? This is the members of our body, or the uh, the members of the body of our neighbor, given by him as slaves of righteousness, as it is written, Romans 6, 21, 22. But what fruit 
For just as you presented your members as slaves of right of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness, because the end of theirs is death. But now that you have been come free from sin, your fruit is to holiness and end everlasting life. To infringe upon the members of the body of our neighbor give, given by him as slaves of righteousness is instead of being an example of someone who is humble for our neighbor being an example to him, you rule over the members of the body of your neighbor pursuing corrupt and shameful greed. First Peter 5, 1 through 4. The elders who are among you I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain but, to, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you but being example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. And so a person who is an example is a person who does not infringe upon the servants the uh, the servants of his neighbor. You don't need to uh, tell a person about any so, so form of truth if you can't be an example of it yourself. And so if I carry responsibility for someone, but if in my own life I can't be this example that they need, then I can't tell a person, if I tell a person something, and I can be an ex- I need to also be an example of that. Otherwise, I'm infringing upon the servants of my neighbor and begin to push in the face of God that he should, he should, he should be doing what? And not examining ourselves first. Metaphorically, what is the ox of our neighbor within the fourth realm? This is his castrated and dedicated to God will, with the efforts of which our neighbor enters the kingdom of heaven. Luke 16, 16. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached, and everyone is pressing into it. To infringe upon the will of your neighbor because an ox is the will of our neighbor, to infringe upon the will of our neighbor that is dedicated to God, is to urge your neighbor to satisfy the desires of your personal flesh, clothing them into the will of God. 2 Samuel 24.10 And David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. So David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done, but now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. And so here you can see that he began to repent. What did he do? He just numbered the people to dedicate the people to God. But he didn't know that the inspiration came from the devil, from the flesh. The given numbering of the people occurred against his will, against God's will, considering that symbolically the numbering of the people was sanctifying the nation, the sin of David consisted in that the inspiration of the census, like we could see today in these encounters, they do three-day encounters, wasn't God the inspiration, wasn't God, but his own personal flesh being supported by Satan. 
And so when there's a sanctification, we will pray for our church. You need to ask the question, did this come from our apostle or elsewhere? Maybe we need to call the apostle and clarify. And a person will need to then acknowledge that it is his flesh that is actually inspiring others to do this. The sanctification needs to uh, be examined to see uh, who inspires it. Our pastor never does anything hastily, as we know. When Our pastor is not like this. He never, when it comes to God and when it comes to sanctification, dedication, he with great knowledge and care approaches these things so that we never uh, allow the flesh or the spring not be the devil uh, in these things to, to do these things in our lives or to apply them. Metaphorically, the donkey of our neighbor within the fourth realm, which we cannot infringe upon either because doing that we infringe upon God himself. And so the donkey of our neighbor within the fourth realm is his body which carries the rider, the rider is the Holy Spirit, proclaiming with his mouth the peace of God for Jerusalem. Let us look at Jesus, Matthew 21, 1 through 5. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent to two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you will you will say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the fall of, the, of a donkey, infringing upon the body of your neighbor, because a donkey is the body infringing upon the body of our neighbor is to send him to serve God where God did not call him to serve and which in essence is not service so that he can be diverted from his true calling demonstrated in the adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ Matthew seven twenty one through 23 not everyone who says to me Lord Lord shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Why did this happen? Because they were sent to serve where God did not send them. Did God not call us? It's as if God is call, did call us. Did we not prophesy in your name? We're called to prophesy, cast out demons, to perform uh, wonders and works. Lord, you gave all this to the church. It is true. But the thing is, when God gives these things, he gives it uh, from the person whom he has clothed as the authority, as the father. And so if a person... If a person is an apostle, he has the wisdom, he has the knowledge, he has a, a holy uh, form of life, this person will never, uh, in my own experience, the, the Lord never, or the, the pastor never hastily just put his, 
puts his hands upon someone and sends them to go and do something. We have uh, we have this uh, habit, uh, or a pastor does, that when a person comes from any other place and wants to become a member, even if it's part of our church elsewhere, uh, a person still needs to ha uh, wait uh, for the span of three months so that he can make a solid decision. He can go and visit other places at this time to make a good decision whether he truly wants to be a member of this specific church. And so, again, the metaphorically is our, uh, the donkey is sending, again, a person to go where God did not send him. Again, we're talking about the selective love of God that demonstrates itself specifically within brotherly love so that allows us then to pass <clears throat> from the state of death to, to the st into the state of life. Third, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love directs our neighbor to the path of righteousness, leading to the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. <clears throat> Proverbs 12.26 The righteous should choose his friends carefully, meaning he is an example. It's just not, it's not just choosing, it's also being an example. And... In the original, it says, as an example, she chooses friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Mm. In the given proverb, there are two categories that men follow. These are the righteous and the wicked. The righteous are those that are sent by God, <clears throat> having the revelation of the truth which their neighbor depends upon, who are able to see the light of these revelations, showing them the way to adopt their body by the redemption of Christ. The wicked are also people attempting with their deception and slander to blind the saints, to lead them into deception, and to remove the authority of the righteous over them so that they can take their place, and then lead them away from adopting their bodies by the redemption of Christ, by the way of false virtue coming from their flesh, and by the way of evangelism to which God did not call them. Matthew 15, 10-14 When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand. Now what goes into a man, a ma the mouth now what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they had heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father had not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. And so blind leaders will always have blind followers. And Jesus is a person who saw God's goals. He, he fulfilled the will of God. He, he, he did perform it. And so we need to decide, again, do we follow Christ? That means to follow the righteous one. Or do we follow death, the devil, which means to follow the wicked? And how do we determine who is wicked? Very simply. He needs to remove, he, he, he will attempt to remove, eradicate, eliminate the authority of the person that God has placed. 
And so you will hear these stories as in churches that somebody had performed a division. A division was done in the church uh, and people are sent in all different directions. They didn't acknowledge the person that was in the church wherever they were. And they are then trying to save people uh, living in, in themselves in sins, in lawlessness, in an immoral life, and then trying to save uh, the African people or the Hispanic people or any other people. And they don't know that often God may be closer to these people and people in those nations than even you are. Fourth, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love demonstrates Christ in us who descended and bore the weaknesses of our weak neighbor. Or the scruples of our weak neighbor. Romans 15, 1 through 3. We then, who are strong, ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. An interesting way the brotherly love shows itself, and that is in bearing with the scruples of the weak. It seems that it's clear, but something more can be added. And let's look at how our pastor explains this. We'll understand further what this means, who is our neighbor, and what kind of weaknesses the scruples that we're supposed to bear with them. According to the given place, we conclude that bearing the scruples of our weak neighbors means take these weaknesses upon yourself. All that God has done for us to lead us into the unsearchable inheritance of Christ is only possible through brotherly love, which becomes lawful and legitimate when we leave spiritual infancy and become able to take upon ourselves the scruples of our weak brother. And so that is take As, for example, as the head is supposed to take upon himself the sins, in this case, you take upon yourself the scruples, weaknesses of your neighbor. Ephesians 4, 14 through 16. Let we, that we should no longer be children tossed to and from, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. According to the given paradigm, any element of brotherly love and helping our neighbor in his weakness is for us the right to the power to pass from the state of that the state of the atmosphere of death into the state of the atmosphere of eternal life. We are called to help our weak brother for the good and edification, just as Christ who did not please himself but God, we conclude here that we need to help our neighbor or please our neighbor as Christ pleased God. The thing is that 
bearing the weaknesses of our neighbor, we in this way please God. Bearing the weaknesses of our neighbors, we fulfill God's commandments and we please God himself, which gives God the legitimate ability to pass us from the state of death into the state and order of eternal life. The thing is that God in his and to assist in their weaknesses, the weaknesses of our neighbors, we need to figure out what these weaknesses are so that we can show this in our faith, this brotherly love, and in this way have the right to pass from death to life. Otherwise, helping in the weaknesses of our neighbor can instead become our participation in the lawlessness of men who in their majority are within the churches who have nothing to do with our neighbors. And so we we understand that we need to bear in the scruples of the of our weak neighbors, but we need to now learn and be taught who are these neighbors and what are these weaknesses. It's not just looking at a brother who does lawless work and and sinful works. Let's look at what this neighbor, who this neighbor is, and what these weaknesses are. This doesn't mean we need to close our eyes to lawlessness. In scripture, the weakness of our neighbors is a conscious weakness of a man or the refusal of a person to trust in something except trust in God. And such weakness is a conscious and voluntary choice of our neighbor. It turns out that weakness is not lawlessness and you and you are required to close your eyes to it. No, weakness is when a person consciously refuses to trust upon his own flesh and trusts in God instead. He becomes weak in this way. Philippians 3, 7 through 11. But what things were gained to me, here we see this neighbor as Apostle Paul and his weaknesses. But what things were gained to me these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Here we could see our neighbor in his weakness. Jesus in his sermon upon the mount spoke of the refusal of a person to trust and rely upon something for the benefit of hope and trust upon the oath promises of God. And he ranked this in status of the poverty of the spirit. which opens for us access into the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 5.3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Considering that God, helping in the weakness of our neighbor, has bound himself to the person who is clothed into the power of a warrior in prayer, who, who, has made, who he has made, whom God has made in the likeness of his essence, and has given his sovereign right to bear the weakness of it 
of his neighbor or our neighbor. The word weakness and one who is weak. The word weakness means illnesses, oppression, suffering, sorrow, shame, powerlessness, frailment, misfortune, belittlement. The word, when it's referring to a weak person, this means naked, oppressed, destroyed, poor, destitute, suffering, humble, gentle or meek, modest, pathetic. And so the person that we want to cover, is he such a person with these characteristics? And so you may say, well, because so you may hear someone tell you, well, you need to be just uh, uh, understanding and, and considerate of his state, but you need to examine whether this person is a naked, oppressed, destroyed, poor, destitute, suffering, humble, gentle, modest, pathetic person. And so this is a person who, for the sake of Christ, has refused everything, rejected everything, Practically, the scruples of our weak neighbors are not sins or cowardly cowardliness, but actually the source providing him with the strength of God within the atmosphere of brotherly love. Again, true uh, scruples of our weak neighbors are not sins or cowardliness, to which you need to just close your eyes. His weakness is the source providing him with the strength of God within the atmosphere of brotherly love. The phrase bear the scruples means lift up, carry, overcome, take away, capture, take, and hold. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 Unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to befay me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me, and he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. This is who the weak one is. This is a person who is able to still do good in his weaknesses, in needs, in <clears throat> persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. And as the Apostle says, when I am weak, then I am strong. <clears throat> this is that weakness and those saints that we need to help and be compassionate toward. The weaknesses and powerlessness of Christ as our neighbor, which he had shown on the cross in his fatal suffering, was for him a source of strength and glory of God, so that, so that he, with his death, would deprive power from the stronghold of death, who is the devil, and deliver us from the fear of death, because of which, throughout our life, we have been subject to the slavery of sin. Luke 23, 34, 35. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots. Cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them uh, sneered, saying, 
<clears throat> he saved others, let him save himself if he is the Christ, the chosen of God, Luke 23, 34, 35. And so they started questioning whether he truly is the son of God. Summing up the given component, testifying of uh, brotherly love in our faith, if we voluntarily uh, bear the scruples of our weak neighbor and are not stumble and do not stumble upon his weaknesses, that means that we have passed from the state of uh, death into the state of uh, life. From the state of death into the state of life. If we again voluntarily bearing the scruples of our weak neighbors and do not stumble upon his weaknesses, then this means that we have passed from the state of death into the state of life. <clears throat> A very interesting component. Fifth, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love, at its root, suppresses the talebearers about our neighbor and does not allow him to stand against your neighbor's life. We defend our neighbor and we suppress anybody spreading uh, rumors, talebearers. Leviticus 19, 16, 8-18. You shall not go about as a talebearer among your people, nor shall you take a stand against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. You shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. According to the given place, we conclude that Spreading these rumors against our neighbor, against the person of God, we in this way, a person who belongs to God, we in this way rise against him or against his life. And so we see here that our relationship with our neighbor, God sees, considers it as our, our relationship with him. So our relationship with our brother, God perceives, God looks at this as our relationship with him. And so he also concludes, if you know in this place of scripture, he says, I am the Lord. He, the Lord has concealed himself in our neighbors and it is important to have our good relationship with our neighbors and brotherly love. The love of God, agape, absolutely includes our relationship with our brother because God has concealed himself in our neighbor and the Lord says I am the Lord who has concealed himself in this brother or sister be careful not to offend me by offending this person the phrase you shall not go about as a talebearer among your people means do not spread accusations and rumors in your nation about your neighbor who represents Christ for you accusations rumors this is passing on bad information rumors that affect the life of our neighbor the, te- the witnesses of which we are not per- we are not personal witnesses of and do not have any authority over and so accusations rumors that we spread these are things we pass on from a second source third source what are rumors is when I was not there I was not personally there I was told these things and as many say 
for what you have purchased, this is for what you've sold. And so if you'll notice, once this information passes on, the, the meaning or uh, the intent of what may have happened is changed. And so even if we heard someone actually directly, we can make our own conclusions because and we don't care responsibility for this person. And so the first thing, when we judge people uh, and spread then rumors about uh, this person, the phrase, you shall not hate your brother in your heart, you shall surely rebuke your neighbor and not bear sin because of him means do not become an invisible enemy of your brother in your heart, but forgive his trespasses and take his guilt upon yourself, and the Lord will not account your sins to you. Matthew six fourteen fifteen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The phrase, you shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of the people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord's, means do not research the works of your of, of the people of your nation and do not uh, form your own verdicts, but instead treat his acts as your own acts. And so one of the very interesting things to take the guilt upon your brother, upon yourself, is to present his acts as your own. What your brother has done. And so you, you not have vengeance or have or bear a grudge against them. And so it's not that you, instead of Jesus Christ, take their sins upon you. To take the guilt of your name means, Lord, I will not spread this information about my brother because I, in my time, also spoke things and did things. And so this is, and so Lord, I will not be the one, the tailbearer, the the one passing these things on, sins that I myself have done, uh, and you had forgiven me for. This means I've taken the guilt of my brother upon myself, and this act. How, you, how do you take the guilt? This act I have uh, condemned in myself, I repented for, I confessed it. This means I have taken the guilt of my brother and have a good relationship then with this brother or sister. And you, you'll know if a person has justification based on how he's able to forgive another. People commit a sin and then a person comes to me and says, Brother uh, Daniel, did you know uh, that, did you know that this and this bro- brother or this sister had committed this sin? And I look at them in great surprise because I know they themselves have committed much worse sins. So again, taking the guilt of your brother upon yourself is to condemn the act that he has done within yourself. And thank God, saying, saying, thank you, Lord, that you have forgiven me for this act also. Maybe it was, maybe I haven't committed it, maybe it was my thoughts, or maybe, and so I easily can uh, 
build a good relationship with my brother Matthew 12 7 but if you had known what this means I desire mercy and not sacrifice you would not have condemned the guiltless we also need to become a median or an intercessor between ourselves and our uh, between God and our brother and so an intercessor is not just someone who can hear God and God hears him and can pray wonderful prayers And so the act that the brother has committed, I've condemned in myself. In this way, I have already condemned this to death, and I can now have a good relationship with my brother. Sixth, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love exposes the devious enemy who impersonates himself as the friend of our neighbor and draws God's vengeance upon him. Jeremiah 9, 8 and 9. Their tongue is an arrow shot out. It speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in his heart he lies in wait. Shall I not punish them for those things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? And so the deviousness of the enemy who speak friendly things, but in their heart they form uh, nets and snares is a deadly arrow for our neighbor the enemy of our neighbor in the midst of the chain of the church of saints is the category of the called but not the chosen the called who have refused to obey the preached word that has been passed on to them from the messenger of God and have decided that this correction that has been given to them as a personal offense in their intellect and they have no desire to pay the price for their learning that is to deny their nation the house of their father and their corrupt desires and they continue to confirm their own personal righteousness in themselves and they do not have the liberty that is in them they have decided that they need to uh, they decided that the servant uh, servitude to Christ is something belittling and they have replaced the theocratical system of God uh, replaced it with a democratic system where every person can just uh, demonstrate their own opinions give their own opinions and teach their own things our goal in demonstrating brother love where we are called to defend our brother from the uh, deviousness of the enemy is to allow God to to uh, punish our, those neighbors or that or that the, the enemies punish the enemies of our neighbors pastor Arkady says we need to again pour out God's vengeance call for God's vengeance upon the enemies of our neighbors Galatians 5:10. I have confidence in you in the Lord that you will have no other mind but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment whoever he is You see how he, the apostle, defends his saints, the saints, whom he carries responsibility for, and he condemned these sins in himself, and he was able to serve the saints. And so the acts of the wicked and lawlessness, he condemned them, and he called for the punish, for them to be punished. 
and so again to expose the deviousness of the enemy and call for God's punishment upon him. Seventh, demonstrating the selective love of God within brotherly love together with the first and greatest commandment is the status of love for God which establishes the entire law and prophets within the temple of our body. Matthew 22, 35-40 Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so, again, the two commandments, brotherly love and love for God. Try to balance just upon brotherly love alone. Jesus says, upon these two commandments is the command, uh, on these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. If by the preached word about the kingdom of heaven, the law and the prophets containing all of the great uh, grace of God, if they will not be established or enthroned within our heart through righteousness, then we will not have any opportunity to love God or our neighbor. And furthermore, we will not have any ability to pass from the state of death into the state of life to be then carriers of the heavenly body. To be established in the temple of our body, or the law and the prophets to be established, is possible by being a member or partaker of the body of Christ, the, uh, a member of the saints that are part of the category of the bride of the Lamb, which are obedient to one person who is clothed into the body, clothed into the body of Christ, and who has the authority of a father of God. Second Corinthians one twenty through twenty two. For all of the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him Amen. To the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you is Christ, and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The phrase upon these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets that means not a single uh, commandment is able to be fulfilled by us or performed by us if it is not based upon our love to God and love for our neighbor when demonstrating brotherly love in our heart not a single commandment is able to be again fulfilled without the love of God agape and without love for our neighbor this is why pastor found it necessary to again and again repeat this subject of brotherly love and not just brotherly love but also the the one that highlights the truthfulness, the essence of the the love of God, agape. On these two commandments hang all the laws, and the prophets tell us that not one of the commandments can be performed again if it is not founded upon God's love. And if, if this is the case, then we will lose if we don't have these, we will lose our true calling because if we don't have brotherly love, 
which is the armor called to destroy the stronghold of death in our bodies so that in its place the stronghold of life may be erected. And so therefore the level of our great call in Jesus Christ in the future will literally depend upon the level of the brotherly love that we have shown to our brother in the love of God, agape. And so the level of the great calling of God that is in Jesus Christ in the future again will literally depend upon the level of our demonstrating of brotherly love toward our neighbor in the love of God agape. <clears throat> Philippians three thirteen fourteen. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And we also call our, are called to the greater calling. <clears throat> and it's not possible to obtain that, that greater calling without brotherly love, which demonstrate, demonstrates itself in the holy love of God agape. <clears throat> right now we are going to pray. And I call all the saints who in their heart would like to come here and repent in their sins to resist binding sin within them the lusts that rise in, in rise up in us who would want to establish our covenant with God want to call his grace and mercy upon their household so that you can correctly have a good relationship with God and, and with one another and have the ability to take the sins of the saints upon yourself when we will come out to pray we won't just be addressing our sins but we pray pray together with our other brothers and sisters even if they're not coming out and why do we pray together because we're one if we together with them can confess this truth and condemn this sin and reject it that means we have come out of the state of death into the state of eternal life we will wait for you at the altar may you be blessed I will be praying your prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved you with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption. He has stood between us and our enemies to be able to protect us and to lift us up to his level. Please close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to heaven 
This is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation, I open up my heart so that you can see my pain, my suffering, my wounds that are inflicted by sins and lusts which I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my illnesses, with my fears, with a pampered dignity, with dishonor in my life. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they won't touch you. May upon you the blessing of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you. May with noise the old man be thrusted out into hell and may the stronghold of life and resurrection be enthroned in its place. May this be upon you and your children and the nation shall say, Amen. We have this great privilege to be upon this place to hear your truth, to abide in the truth, and to establish the truth within our heart. And may we be blessed so we can further in our cell groups, maybe a little bit in, in more detail, look at this word. You may hear, I know that sometimes you can't pass or get through all of the sermon, uh, even within the cell group, but there are specific uh, areas that maybe were more lit up for you or more significant that you remember uh, so when just like our body when it receives a vitamin our body begins to uh, feel better in some way we same thing the leader the leader needs to have this kind of sense uh, in the need of the people because the need of the people is is what's important just like me when I read the place uh, the word there are places I may be focused on a little bit further I read it one, two, three times, and the third time, uh, I remember it better. And so we together then memorize these things. And it's it's likely what we have need of. And now let us finish with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Please be seated just for a short time. We have one part of the service, pretty important, and this, this is the blessing of our children. So let us now stand up, and I will ask everyone, all parents that are in the building and those that are not here also, to stretch out the right hand over your children. Let us all pray together with them. 
the children that are here and maybe those may uh, children also that may be watching from other places let us st- and so we will bless you now with the blessing that our pastor always blesses us with close your eyes we will pray Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ we thank you for our children we have dedicated them to you and they are your possession they their holy names are your holy name is upon them and now because of your holy and righteous truth we call your mercy and your blessing upon our children may upon you the Spirit of God be the spirit of wisdom and knowledge counsel and understanding and godliness may it be filled in your heart may your heart be filled with the fear of the Lord may the Holy Spirit be in your hearts together with Jesus Christ and the truth I pray father keep this inheritance before your face so that they would be able to have the ability to learn that which is being taught to them and differentiate what is evil and what is good and so that they choose only what is good and reject all that is evil and what is bad in the name of Jesus Christ keep them from all forms of evil keep them from evil and corrupt people keep them from evil and perverse people and from perverse and evil friends may they be your light and your salt we receive your blessing and we bless them with this blessing in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit amen now children you are now blessed and we have blessed you remember that you are the light and you are the salt it's very important to know who is your best friend sometimes people young people come to me and say I have lost my best of friend and I ask them who is this best friend and if it's a not Christian boy or girl you don't need to cry your best friend is here brother Akadi I am your best friend your uh, the Saints here are your best bestest friends I'm just speaking in your language a little bit more understanding for you so that we it's important we also need to speak don't only speak even in your home don't speak just in the you need to speak in the native language you know uh, with your parents with your at home and so when uh, when you're at home if your father is Russian you'd be speaking with them in the Russian language if your father is Hispanic to speak to them in their Spanish language or other language in your native language it's very different and uh, than just being in school and so sometimes a child will come and and I will be speaking to them and they actually speak three languages Spanish Russian and English and so if you're multilingual uh, but if you know the Russian uh, of course and the English that sermons are being preached in these and spoken to you in these languages passed on to you and so I personally was not born in Russia I was born and lived a little bit I was born in a different place and more the uh, southern uh, country and I lived also in Georgia and so don't ever forget again your native language when your parents speak to you in your native la- in the in the native language, speak to them in that language. That is the importance. 
uh, okay, may you be blessed. The next church service will be upon this place on Tuesday. May you be blessed. As our pastor says, you may greet one another. Thank you. Thank you.